Welcome to Freelance Sucks. Here we discuss the dark side of freelancing about which nobody usually talks out loud. In this show, we speak with experienced freelancers, and I'm sure listening to their stories helps you prepare for freelancers' challenges. My name is Yuri. I'm a community builder at Code Control and 9am.works. And my guest is Shia Carson, a freelance SEO writer and a marketing consultant with 10 plus years of experience in digital marketing. So welcome, Shia. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Yuri. Let's have this emotional conversation. So <laughs> for you, what is the most challenging part of being a freelancer? So for me, it's time management and factored into that is the ability to say no to mm. work. <laughs> it is really tough. And I think I'm getting better at it. And then I'll go and say yes to something and think, why did I say yes to this? So I keep doing it to myself. How do how do you build these boundaries of saying no? Because I totally understand, you know, like the projects are coming, the pain is good and like why do I can do this, but how to still say no? So what's what's kind of helping me is if I remember that saying yes to something means saying no to something else. Mm. So I've got some bigger goals that I'm working on. And every time I say yes to something else, I'm saying no and pushing those things further down the list. So that's really helping me. And then a couple of criteria that I try to look at is, you know, I should say no. I don't always. I should say no if the rate is below my normal rate. If it's not a project that I'm excited about. If I feel I just get some bad vibes from the client or it's not something that I'd be proud to put in my portfolio. Mm. It's looking out for those kind of red flags and actually listening to your gut. If it's not something that if you don't desperately need the money for it and you're not passionate and you're just getting those red flags, it's better to remember what you're working towards and be able to say no. But it's hard because we all have money and <laughs> I want to get more money. So you think, oh, I'll just squeeze it in. I'll just make it work. And as you're going through it, you think, I just should have said no. Yeah, the, at some point. Yeah, totally. At some point, you just understand that either it's too much work or like, you know, what might seem like very interesting. Okay, not that very interesting. Might seem well paid and like I can mm. do this. And then like. Oh my God, it's so much. It's like a Pandora's box, you know, you just open it and you're like, oh, why do I do that? So, okay. So it's about saying no, but what about time management? So if you're able to say no, it helps your time management. This I can tell you, <laughs> but as a freelancer, I think we all struggle with the battles of work-life balance so because a lot of us work from home and we work the hours that we choose it's easy to work hours that maybe infringe on family time or personal time and work on weekends and that's no way to live you know that's not why we became a freelancer in the first place so that's another thing that i'm struggling with but working on is remembering I got into this because I don't want someone to tell me I have to work between this time and this time and that I've got too much work. And I want to be able to live a life that gives me freedom. 
I mean, it's in there. It's right there in the word freedom and freelancing. So I don't want to be a boss that treats myself like an employee. I want to be able to have the flexibility and the freedom to live my life on my terms. The struggle is you have to balance that with making a living. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, these things are all connected. So that's also where your time management comes in because when you manage your time better, then you're able to make more money in less time and have more freedom to do the things that you want to do. So it's always a push and pull, I think. And it's always tempting, like we say, to say yes to more money, but at what cost? Um, because there's always opportunity cost. So again, like I said, saying yes to something is saying no to something else. And that something else could be spending time with your dog or going for a massage or doing something that actually fills your cup, which is important too. We can't just be sort of working robots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, I, I run this, I ran this experiment where I, every week I wrote down all the tasks. I wrote uh, specific time boundaries for each task and tried to follow them. And mm. then in one or even two weeks of this experience, I was so frustrated because like I was, it was so hard to be in those boundaries. And I was like, no, I will never do this again. Because like <laughs> sometimes, you know, I, I put those boundaries to myself, but I understood that some task, like I, I think that I can do in one hour may take two hours if mm. it's not the right time. But mm -hmm. if it's the right time, it can take 15 minutes. It's weird, yes. but that's exactly how it works. And I feel like that's the beauty of being a freelancer because you can choose um, your, how do you feel about doing this right now? Yes. But also it's the hardest part of being a freelancer because, you know, sometimes you can play with your dog too much and not doing anything. And then like, oh my God, what should I do? Yes, it is tricky. And I think, you also have to know yourself. So you have to know when is your energy the highest and try get as much possible as you can in that time. So when you're feeling good, then you focus, turn off all distractions and make things happen. And then once you've done that, and once you've ticked off those most important things for the day, it doesn't matter if you play with your dog for the rest of the afternoon because you've done those things that you needed to do. So I think it's also, it takes a bit of trial and error and not every day is the same. And some days you're just all over the place and can't seem to focus. But I think that's, that's all of us. But when you've got those moments where you're really in the flow to make them really work hard for you. Yeah. Yeah. And what is the most time consuming thing you must deal with as a freelancer, except for work itself? Your actual work. So... I'm trying to get away from, I guess this is kind of actual work, but emails, um, I'm trying to limit the amount of emails that I'm sending and receiving because it's distracting and it's time consuming. So ways of doing that is, so with one of my clients, um, we work pretty much exclusively on Asana for productivity management. And then we barely need to send emails because everything's mm. there, all the instructions, we don't have to go back and forth. Um, and then also eliminating any unnecessary meetings. You know, if there's a status meeting where you find you're contributing one thing to that whole meeting and don't need to hear anything else, then that could have been an email. You know, so if you have clients who like to have regular updates, 
Maybe you can suggest instead of having a whole meeting once a week, you have a meeting once a month. And then at the end of the week, just send them some bullet points of where you act with each project. Um, so those, I guess it's more client management tasks that end up being quite time consuming. So I'm trying to find ways to make those more efficient. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned it. It could have been an email. Uh, I, I I saw a meme. Uh, it was somewhere when like is this there is a Zoom call and like six <laughs> participants and like hourly rate of every person. And then, yes. like, are you sure you want to spend six hundred dollars, or it's better to send an email? You know. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. And I think, unfortunately, the pandemic has increased the number of meetings because people are working remotely. Not everyone's face to face. And, you know, a quick catch up now means instead of just, you know, talking to someone across the room, you have to schedule a meeting. Or do you really? <laughs> so I think guarding your time quite carefully around what you do meet for, because it also is distracting. So it takes you away from that flow that you're in. When you know you have a meeting, even 15 minutes before you, you're thinking, oh, okay, I need to prepare. I need to get ready and make sure that I've drank some water, gone to the bathroom. And it's, it, it's a distraction. So, yeah. so another thing that that can help is try to make your meetings, schedule them all for one day so that you have meeting day and you know that this is the day we just get all of them done. Make sure you have a break in between. Otherwise, you'll go mad or fall asleep. But um, instead of breaking up all your other work days with smaller meetings to try and reduce those where possible or bulk them onto one day. Yeah, got it. And what is the most nerve-consuming thing you must deal with as a freelancer? Oh, sending quotes is always scary. <laughs> it's always scary because I, I'm trying, my, my rule is, if you have to close your eyes when you send the email, you're doing it right. Because otherwise, we tend to undercharge and undervalue ourselves. So I'm really trying to actually charge what I'm worth. And But it's scary. <laughs> I think all of us... <laughs> All of us fear rejection and we also want to help people so you feel like well i want to be able to help you to do this work but you actually have to look after yourself first because if you're not charging enough you're actually affecting the sustainability of your business and devaluing even the profession so it's nerve-wracking but you've got to make sure that you feel a little bit uncomfortable when you send a quote and it sounds like a fair exchange, you know, when you're doing a good work, you have to receive a good amount of money because like exactly. you're helping, you're helping people and they're helping you. So it's like, yeah, but I totally understand. I recently had a conversation with a project I'm working on about the raising uh, amount of money because of taxes I have to pay and all this stuff. Mm. And it was like, nah, how do I do that? And then like, I'll be super honest. I'm like, I'm working with you, but I'm pay I'm paying like 20% of taxes. I need this increase. Can you help me? I'm helping mm. you. Can you help me? So it's like, you know, also for being super honest with person, but yes. totally I worked with them for a long time. So it's so much harder to do it for a new client who yes. have no uh, track record with. So yeah, I yes. totally understand that. And as a freelancer, do you ever feel professional loneliness? I must admit, I don't. I love, <laughs> maybe I'm just weird. I love that I can, I'm not a team player. I'm not a group member. I don't need friends at the office. I've got friends. So <laughs> I am so happy when I can just sit down, eliminate distractions and get my work done. 
And then once I've got my work done, then I can go off and see my friends and have fun. So yeah. I don't, I know, you know, there definitely is value in collaboration. And I'll be the first to admit that that's something that I'm missing out on because I don't necessarily seek out collaboration. I prefer to work independently. But I can also understand how a lot of people who do need that social interaction during the day might struggle. But I think that's where a lot of communities come in. I mean, you know all about communities. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I enjoy, so when I take my lunch break, I sit on LinkedIn and I chat to people, or I post and I interact. And yes, it's not real life. And it's not perhaps filling your cup as much as speaking to someone face to face, but it does give me that sense of shared community. So I think, you know, you need to yeah. find who those communities are for you and spend a bit of time there. Totally agree. Totally. And if your friend wanted to become a freelancer, what are top three things you'd advise them to consider before doing it? Number one, read my book, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would ask them to consider starting with a side hustle. So instead of just quitting their job immediately, I think starting a bit of work on the side, on the kind of service that you can be offering is really powerful because it gives you a sense of, firstly, do you enjoy doing this? It gives you a start into the business side of things, finding clients, invoicing, marketing yourself, etc. So that also gives you a start. And then it's much easier than having all of a sudden your income is cut off completely and you have to start from scratch. So although it will require for a period of time, a bit of extra work because you'll be working after hours, I definitely think just dipping your toe will give you an idea of if this is really something that you want to pursue full time. So I'd suggest that. And then from the beginning, don't try be everything to everyone. So understand where your skills lie, focus on that, outsource what you need to, which is difficult when you're first starting yeah. out because you're not getting that income yet. But back to opportunity cost, if you're spending a day a week doing your taxes, that's a day a week that you're not spending on growing your business. So to do that as soon as possible, outsource where necessary. So I think those would be my top three. Got it. I'll definitely add a link to freelancing like a boss in the comments or in the description so everyone can find it. And I bet you get, go and find it because it's really, it's really sharing such amazing ideas. That's exactly why I wanted to have this conversation. So here we are. But also, I wish to have the sky as a limit and time as a limit for this conversation. So the final question, if you were starting freelancing today, what is one thing you would have done differently? So the last thing that I said, the outsourcing, I started by just trying to do everything for everyone, saying yes to everyone, doing every single aspect of my business. And I think it held me back. And I think it would have been better if I'd been a bit more strategic from the beginning, instead of just taking everything that crossed my desk to decide what is it that I want this freelance career to look like and how am I going to make that happen? So I guess being a bit more intentional about where I'm going with my career. Got it. Thank you so much, Yara, for sharing your challenges and for having such an open conversation. Thanks, Yuri.
And thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, hit the like button on five stars and share it with your friend. That's it. We're done. See you in the next episode.